perspective is everything. And sometimes being lost in the woods, it, it it's the people who are most familiar who get lost in the woods. <laughs> Whereas someone from the outside or someone new to the system can see the woods from a higher vantage point. And that lends a lot of information. And But you need them both because you need the people who really know those woods as well as the people flying above in the helicopter um, and when they can work together. And really that that is the challenge, figuring out how those people work together and strategize. Hi everyone, I'm Elizabeth Swan. And I'm Tracy O'Rourke and we're from the Just In Time Cafe and welcome to our podcast. At the cafe, we wrestle with tough questions, talk to groundbreakers, discuss great books, and get insights from lean Six Sigma practitioners who are making a difference in the world. And we let you in on helpful apps, we bring you the news, and we challenge the status quo so you can build your problem-solving muscles. So Elizabeth, what's on the cafe menu today? Today's highlight is our interview with Miguel Rodriguez. Miguel is an information technology analyst, and he's in charge of communications for this year's Process Palooza, which is UC San Diego's signature live Lean Six Sigma competition. Um, he's also been a contestant, so he'll hear more on his take of this crazy improvement festival um, that you're a part of. And then for hard app, hot apps, we're highlighting one that's red hot right now, Depending on who you talk to, it's either a godsend of information or the reason college students will never learn to write. And for Q&A, we address the issue of expectations with improvement efforts. Is it okay to improve things a little bit? What's the right approach? It's a great day at the cafe, Tracy. Yes, that sounds really fun. Can't wait. Up next, it's hot, hot, hot. Yes, this is the app of the year, as far as I can tell. So let's dive right into ChatGPT, standing for Chat Generated Pre-Trained Translator. I bet you didn't even know that, even if you did know about GPT. Um, first off, if you haven't heard of it, it's basically like conversational Google. You can ask questions like, what is so great about Lean Six Sigma? And you'll get a paragraph or two in response or three. Um, and it's cogent, right? It makes sense. It's it's artificial intelligence and it's a bit unnerving. Um, I first heard about this from a friend whose son just began his freshman year in college and he quoted a review, I think it was in the New York Times and it said, many educators have predicted that chat GPT and tools like it will spell the end of homework and take home exams. <laughs> and that's because you can ask it to write on a subject, say, Myths, monsters in the Middle Ages, and it will write a paper on what could pass for a B grade, right? So if you're a student and you got a tough deadline, that might be a hard thing to pass up. So he's worried that because his son is a decent writer, um, but then he gets a hold of this app that he will never write again. So that's maybe a downside, but I experimented with it to see, you know, what it knew about things like, you know, what is lean or what is lean six sigma and you know asked to you know define it and it did a good job so then um, when i asked it to tell me about each phase it got things a little bit wrong 
right? If I asked phases of PDCA, it wasn't quite right. So that's, it's not infallible, but it learns from your conversation, which is interesting. So you keep, you can have separate conversations, but within a conversation up until about 3000 words, it's learning by having that conversation, by the questions you ask. So Mm. I know it's cool. So if you could ask it a question, what would you ask? Well, um, if we had to keep it work-related, of course, I'd love to see what some of the responses are to what is lean or what makes a good process improvement project or what is direct cost savings versus indirect cost savings or something like that. But I'm going to be honest, I'm curious to know if it can help, you know, people's relationships, right? So like when, let's say I asked my husband, does this outfit look flattering on me? I wonder (laughs) what kind of responses would be appropriate. (laughs) So you would ask it, what's an appropriate response to a question like that? Yes. Or does this, but does it, do these pants make my butt look big? (laughs) (laughs) Like, does it know how to instruct husbands on good husbandry? Yeah, that, that could be really interesting in terms of the response that they might say. I would really be interested to see, you know, how they, maybe they can make some relationships go a little better. <laughs> yeah, I'll be interested to see what, what results of your chat with chat GPT, Tracy, because it's going to learn yeah. a little something from you that it didn't expect. This is and, true. Yeah, it is impressive, right? It's Google like 10x and they know it, right? So there's a free version, but it's getting tougher to access, right? Like for a while, I got messages warning me they're experiencing unusually high demand, and but they'd still answer my questions. Um, mm-hmm. And this morning, I got a blank page, so I'm not sure if that's because I just downloaded a new iOS on the Mac or um, if it's ready for you know the next phase. It, it does have peaks of demand, but they they're rolling out a subscription version that's going to be twenty bucks a month. But they're they haven't even got that out yet, and they're rolling out a wait list for people that aren't in the US to get that 20 a month subscription. So there's a wait list just to get money, which is, that's some serious demand. That's amazing. So yeah, this thing's already a game changer. Yeah. And 20 bucks is a small price to pay for a happy wife. (laughs) Is that your take Tracy, that this whole thing is going to help your marriage? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. (laughs) Uh, we'll see. We'll find out more on that um, in the future. I'm Elizabeth Swan, and you're listening to the Just in Time Cafe podcast. In a short while, you'll get to hear our interview with Miguel Rodriguez. Next up, it's the question, is it okay to improve things a little bit? Right? What's the right size of improvement? And I find this coming up a lot because for many organizations investing in, you know, a Lean Six Sigma effort or operational excellence, right? They're looking for return on investment. So I've heard consultants frame improvement projects as assets, right? So there's pressure to save money, avoid costs, boost revenue. So then you have approaches that are on the flip side, right? Like, uh, you know, two second lean where the message is, you know, if you can shave even two seconds off a process and you do that every day, then this is continuous improvement. The organization will benefit from everyone having that mindset, right? Things will, they'll get things done for customers faster. They can take more orders, right? That that's improvement. So there's a whole range in between. Um, So how about you, Tracy? What's your experience in this realm? 
I'm just listening to you think about, and there's so many things going through my mind right now. So I feel like these are two strategies and, you know, sometimes it really is dependent on what are you trying to achieve and what are you trying to accomplish? So I could definitely see where organizations, you know, they want ROI, you know, they're spending money on training, they're spending money and they need to justify their expenses and the value. So, you know, they're going to potentially do that uh, in project-based approaches, right? So we need to do projects, we need to quantify the projects. The challenge with that, although I think it's valuable, is then organizations have project-based thinking and they don't think about process improvement outside of the project. And I have Mm. seen this happen in lots of organizations where if you're really getting people to try to think about it daily, incremental improvement, shave two seconds every day off your process, you really are thinking about it more like everyday improvement, Kaizen, you know, Mm. basically just incremental improvements, not huge, something you do every day and you can implement right away. And there's value in that too. So, you know, this may not be a, a popular answer, but I really believe both are valuable depending on what you're trying to accomplish. I would love it if everybody in every organization thought about improvement every day, and sometimes things are big and you need to take a project-based approach and gain, you know, get some gains. I'm working with an organization right now. They're working on cross-departmental projects and there's six different departments involved. And, you know, incremental improvement may not be what they need for that. So I am a fan of both. I'm always a fan of, you know, let's qualify the situation. What's the best approach and experiment. But I really think I have seen organizations struggle when they start with project-based improvement. They do struggle with the, the, the everyday improvement. Yeah, no, I, I love your idea of both and, right? It's not one or the other that you should have these two parallel thought processes going on. Because when I see organizations looking to certify green belts and black belts, right? And that's the project-based approach. Mm-hmm. And some folks put thresholds or kind of um, low ends for savings return, like green belts have to be 50,000 in savings. Black belt projects have to be 150,000 in savings. I feel like I remember that starting way back at GE and you and I are both there for the effort. But then I see like people engaging in learning in the process when the pressure's low, like when there's no pressure, it's like, well, what could you improve? It's like, well, this, I could, this could be faster. It's like, well, great. Try it out. Like, and they, they worry, like, is this worthy enough of it? I said, well, is it worthy for you? Like, would it make your job easier? Like, yeah, for me, that would be great. And it's like, well, that's something to go for. So they get excited if it's, uh, you know, also the organization I'm working with right now, it's like, they just want you to get through a PDSA cycle, right? Mm -hmm. They want you to learn what that looks like and feels like and freedom to fix what you want. And there's no substitute for that passion and momentum they get. Cause then, like you said, they, they see it everywhere, right? They're looking, you know, so if you, if you want to engage the workforce and continuous improvement and have that mindset, like you said, then, the minimums might scare folks away. So maybe it's at both and. Yeah. And I've seen, you know, Costco is a great example of an organization I've been exposed to that has done an amazing job with incremental improvement and sharing of ideas and making it a daily practice. And you're thinking daily about what can you improve and what can you do to reduce waste and a simple idea, move the trash can 20 feet closer. So I don't have to walk 20 feet every hour. 
So like things like that are critical and so valuable as well. And then I've also seen organizations where they actually have initiatives. You know, they have initiatives every year. It fits into their strategic plan and they organize improvement into projects because that is the way they think about lots of things that they're trying to implement and improve. And as long as they keep, you know, it's not a one and done, that can work well for a long time too. So I can't say that either projects work. I ha I will say that sometimes, you know, like Costco tried the project base and it didn't work well for them. It was not successful. Mm. They were they were going after green belt projects, black belt projects. It just wasn't something that worked for them and their organization. So they moved into this. And so I think the answer is you need to figure out the, the strategy that's going to work for your organization. Where are you? What are you trying to accomplish? What's going to be the best way to get there? Meet yourself where you are. <laughs> yes, meet yourself where you are. Okay. I'm Tracy O'Rourke, and you're listening to the Just in Time Cafe podcast. We host these monthly, so you can go to the www.jitcafe.com JITCAFE and go to our podcast page. Coming up next, it's our featured guest from UC San Diego, Miguel Rodriguez. Tracy, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about Miguel? I'd love to. Miguel Rodriguez, gotta love this guy. He works at UC San Diego as an educational technology analyst in the ITS department. That stands for Information Technology Services. And besides improving IT processes for all staff, all faculty, he is a certified Greenbelt and is helping to plan UC San Diego's Process Palooza this year. So I'm on the planning team with him, and he's a joy to work with, a lot of fun. He's got a lot of excitement and a lot of passion around process improvement, and he's not afraid to share what's not working in a positive way so that people can learn from the stakes too. So we're psyched to have him at the cafe. And welcome to the Just in Time Cafe. So happy you can join us. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. And I have my coffee at the ready. I do as well in my Just in Time Cafe mug. Although I am left-handed, I'm holding it in my right, but that's okay. I'm going to have to make one for a left-hander. Anyway, we have lots to talk about about UC San Diego, the process palooza. You're also a green belt. You do process improvement at work. I don't even know where to start. Why don't we start with Process Palooza? Does that sound okay? Yeah, that sounds perfect. That's what I expected to talk about. So let's go into it. <laughs> all right. I love it. So first of all, in case nobody has heard of Process Palooza yet, which I would be surprised, but yes, there are st still some people that have never heard of it. Can you tell our audience a little bit about what Process Palooza is? Essentially, it is a celebration of the continuous improvement mindset. Uh, it is meant to be an event that is more than an event. What I like best about it is it is an opportunity to see authentic real-time process improvement happen via the great innovate competition that happens. But also it's just a time for people to either learn more about Kaizen, Lean, and some of the concepts behind process improvement and talk about it with their peers and hopefully have a little bit of parallel learning between people who are experts and people who are just trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what I see as uh, the benefit of 
process Palooza is it's it's a time that's specified for not just learning, but celebration and making it a little fun and exciting. Definitely. Yes, I am. So I've been to lots of process improvement conferences. I've never seen a conference that includes a competition running live between teams, fixing a real process at UC San Diego. So like an owner actually volunteers their process up and then the whole competition is they go through DMAIC, you know, define, measure, analyze, come up with recommendations, present it to the owner with and judges, and then the owner is part of the judge, one of the judges, and they decide which which you know process they're going to select as the winner. It's awesome. Mm. And I believe the first year, one of the first or second years we did this, the owner ended up saving $8 million or something crazy by implementing uh, the, the improvements recommendations that the team came up with, which is pretty exciting. So these are real. They're not like invented um, case study ideas. These are actual issues and they are tackling them. They're real issues at UC San Diego, teed up for the competition by what they call a process owner. So one year they had transportation, like a parking issues, like what to do about parking issues, which is a world hunger project, really, at UC San Diego. <laughs> it's, it's a massive problem at San Diego. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't have that on Cape Cod. But <laughs> let me ask you this, Miguel. So you just said, I love this term, parallel learning between, you know, newbies and vets. And so do you try to make sure the teams have a mix of the two? Absolutely. Uh, One of the things I like about the competition is a competitor can be a yellow belt. I, in fact, I was a competitor in 2018 and I was a yellow belt at the time. We had two black belts at our table and I think there was one other yellow belt and then the rest were green belts. So it it does kind of span the breadth of Lean Six Sigma expertise, and mm. that helps a lot. Um, only not only because a yellow belt can learn from a black belt and see a black belt how he or she or they think and talk, but also um, sometimes I feel like a yellow belt or someone new to the whole culture can remind a black belt of some ideas or concepts that maybe they got a little too comfortable with. And and so I saw that appear where I was like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, so I I found that very interesting. And that's what I love about parallel learning is, is the experts can learn from the newbies as much as the other way around. I was gonna ask you that. So I kind of have a follow on because I was thinking, yeah, so the newbies are fresh eyes, right? And Tracy is always talking about, you know, you're, if you, when you see with new eyes, when you're you know, new to continuous improvement, like you're saying, okay, so they've got this new set of eyes. But I also know from just studying problem solving that sometimes it's the group from outside that sees the issue and sees the, the solution cleaner or in a different way than the, the people that are entrenched in it can see. And I'm wondering, do you see that? Do you see that it's really a mix of who hits on the $8 million nugget? A hundred, yes, absolutely. I think um, perspective is everything. And sometimes being lost in the woods, it, it it's the people who are most familiar who get lost in the woods. <laughs> Whereas someone from the outside or someone new to the system can 
see the woods from a higher vantage point and that lends a lot of information and but you need them both because you need the people who really know those woods as well as the people flying above in the helicopter um and when they can work together and really that that is the um challenge is figuring out how those people work together and strategize um, is really kind of my favorite part as a kind of social person. So yes, I think it's going to be important to note, especially to our audience or anyone that might be interested in participating in the competition still, because I think there's still openings to be, to compete. So it's all organized randomly. The, The teams are assigned randomly. You do not, you can't actually say, Oh, be my team member. Let's go in as a team. You sign up as an individual And then they ask you your level of skill. And the only one of the only things they think about is your level of skill. They want to make sure there's an even distribution by team of experience. So you're kind of going in blind. You're you you know, you you know, other people are there. They understand process improvement. But you may not know these people or any of these people. So you don't get to choose your team. So I like that, too, because you have to really develop the dynamic, the team dynamic in in that competition, which I think is super interesting and a fun way to to do it because you know you don't want people sandbagging and saying, oh let's let's get a you know, oh we know who the process owner is. We know what the solutions are. Let's just you know develop a team. So it's it's great that they randomize uh the teams. And it's great to hear your experience, you know, as a participant. It sounds like you really like the learning. Was it stressful being in that environment or what did you think? I work best in high stress. So yeah, of course it was. Um, I didn't know any of the people on my team and I don't believe I've talked to any of them (laughs) since. So, you know, UC San Diego and all the departments within this organization, it's so massive that it's easy to only see a sliver of the whole pie. And that's one ex- that's one of the reasons I love doing these events is it gives an, a broader view of our mission and how we accomplish or move toward accomplishing that mission. Um, and our process came from UCSD Health. Uh, so I was fascinated and I never get to see health workings. So that was really interesting. So but it was high stress, of course. Uh, what you're talking about of figuring out our social working together dynamic this is not something you have a day to pick. It's in the moment. It, you you get there in the morning and you receive your packet of here's what you're doing. And then that's it. <laughs> you have to get started right away. Uh, I, I thought that was really interesting because um, a lot of what would take a lot of time you just have to shave away. There's no choice. You're you're thrown into battle. So uh, it works really well with me. I, I like flying by the seat of my pants, though. <laughs> and uh, I think it's good practice for people who don't like flying by the seat of their pants, which I think is a lot of people in my department with ITS, Information Technology Services, who really work well um, with uh planning and Kanban boards. and you, you don't really get a lot of that. You have to develop that on the fly. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that in terms of like that seat of your pants, that is also kind of possible because you know the structure so well. Like I feel like structure sets you free. So seat of your pants, it's like, well, you're not flying blind. You know stuff, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're, you're, um, you're, 
kind of building on that and your freedom comes from that. Um, and you mentioned ITS. Uh, so you're in charge of communications, right? For, for, for Process Palooza? Yes. And- uh, somehow I got in charge of. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was just going to volunteer a little time, but <laughs> no, no, got no. a lot of control. <laughs> so what does that entail? Well, you know, what's really been a challenge is making sure that the right information goes to the right people and having the information that's going to make it enticing to those disparate groups. As I mentioned before, we've got a very large organization just within UC San Diego, but we're trying to reach out to other UC campuses, uh, California State Universities, as well as the business community. Uh, Process Palooza has grown in scope with the vision of who we want to invite. And so making sure if I'm going to develop language uh, that announces the registration or the program or who's speaking or the keynotes, uh, it has to be different for those different groups, right? So uh, some people will be really interested in one facet, uh, but that won't sell it to another group. And so really identifying those stakeholders and identifying those audiences and catering our announcements and languages to them has been a has been a challenge, but that's that's the kind of challenge I like. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited about the Process Palooza as well. So this year's event taking place March 29th. It's going to be better than ever. UC San Diego's Chancellor is going to be kicking off the event in person. The whole event is in person, and the University of California's president, like the president of all the universities of California is hosting a video that will be welcoming everyone to and to show support of process improvement. So that's super exciting. I'm going to be the main MC, but we have other MCs as well. I can't wait. It's been really interesting. You know, this is going to be in person for the first time in what it'll be. We had two virtual since 2018. Yeah. It's the first since 2018. It's wow. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I mean, I did the the live emceeing for the very first one, the first two, and then we went to virtual. Man, is that different? So different. And just trying to figure things out and being an emcee, um, you know, and and it's it's pretty much like a script when you're when you're doing uh, a virtual session versus fly by the seat of your pants in person, which I'm kind of like that. Elizabeth knows. She she <laughs> thinks I fly a little too much sometimes by the seat of my pants. She's like, okay, Tracy, bring it down. Bring it down. <laughs> no, Tracy, I would never. Who could think that? <laughs> so we're really excited. Um, and you shared your experience as an attendee, which I think is wonderful. Anything else you want to say about Process Palooza before we move on to process improvement in general at UCSD? Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think the one thing I will mention is that on the 28th, which is the day before you mentioned, there are some pre-event opportunities that I want for anyone who arrives early or just wants to join those in. We have additional sessions, additional networking opportunities, as well as an opportunity for some formal Lean Six Sigma training. We've got a Yellow Bell class going on. So uh, it's really a a de facto two-day event, if you will. The main stuff is on the 29th, but we've got a lot of great stuff on the 28th. You're absolutely right. I forgot to mention that. There's a a Lean Six Sigma alumni mixer Mm -hmm. for anybody that has gone through Green Belt or Yellow Belt or Black Belt at UC San Diego. 
Diego. So that's going to be fun on Tuesday night. Looking forward to that. And I'll just mention one last thing about Process Palooza. The last year we had it in person, 1,100 people came. And when we did it online, I think it was the most registrations I saw for an online event ever. I think it was 850 people. So a lot of people coming and it's global. A lot of people from all over the world were, we came to that. So the, I guess the bad part is with in-person, it would be probably less global reach, but um, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Okay. It, oh, yes. sorry. Well, I no, mean, it, we do have a virtual component. Uh -huh. so I'm wondering, I'm very curious to see what the global reach will be for that component and what that looks like mm -hmm. um, and how we're going to accomplish the hybrid structure and, and yes. how how official or not official, but uh, how strong that will work for people who are participating virtually. People can yeah. participate virtually. So. Definitely. All right. Well, why don't we talk about process improvement at UCSD in general? So you've been with UCSD for since 2018, and you are your primary role is in educational technology services, but you are a certified green belt, which is awesome. So tell me, what has your experience been as an employee at UC San Diego involved in this journey on along, you know, on this journey with your coworkers? I mean, how has it been? You know, it, it's an interesting question because my specific role within educational technology services is it this whole concept of continuous improvement and process improvement is a major part of my role. I'm an educational technology analyst, and what I do is I connect our stakeholders, so faculty mostly, uh, but also staff and students with the services that are offered within educational technology services and ITS as, as a whole. And I, uh, you know, that's very difficult to do. There's a huge catalog of what, how faculty can take advantage of the expertise within our uh, department that they still don't largely either know about or, you know, and so trying to find a way to bridge the, the chasm between uh, faculty and, and what we offer, that's really what I was hired to do. Um, and so, yeah, that, do you, that has a lot to do with looking at processes of how we advertise those services, how we connect faculty to them, how we um, fulfill requests, or largely faculty will contact us with problems when something's yeah. broken. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, trying to say, hey, you know, we're here for when things are are working, but maybe you can, here's the word, improve it, right? And so uh, that has been my kind of day job role. And uh, going through Lean Six Sigma at the beginning, the, the thing that happens at UC San Diego within ITS, my larger department, is everybody takes the yellow belt training. Mm -hmm. So the some at least base familiarity with Lean Six Sigma is there department-wide. And that helps that helps a little bit. I think that um, making it more entrenched in our kind of day-to-day -day jargon, like you mentioned Demaic earlier, um, would help. I would like to see some of that, but um, it's a, there's enough familiarity there that if I wanted to, look at a process and talk to the various team members responsible for it, 
and talk to them about defining what the potential problem will be or measuring what those things would be, analyzing and so forth. They'll know what I'm talking about. They'll know where that's coming from. Yeah. You know, so that helps. That definitely helps. So did you say that the faculty all take the yellow belt training? The faculty, no. Uh, no. So just to clarify, I'm talking about staff for ITS. So that's information technology services. These are people who, oh gosh, there's thousands of people who work for the department, but we're tasked with supporting faculty, uh, largely okay. with technology-based things. So do you have an example of a faculty process or sort of in your mind, is there like a, a nice sterling nugget that's like, hey, look what we did for so-and-so like this, think about these kinds of things that we could do for you. Yeah, you know that I'm so glad you asked that. That's one of the things I want to talk about uh, a little bit later. But I mean, as a green belt, as when I got my green belt, I, I can use that. I hate to use my green belt as as a nugget, but it's a very direct example where the process I focused on for that was so faculty use educational technology tools, these kind of cloud-based tools to help teach whatever. And they'll want that tool connected to their larger learning management system. At UC San Diego, we use a platform called Canvas, which mm -hmm. um, instructors and faculty can build their entire course on and deliver their content to students with it. Uh, yes, but we it are doesn't, very familiar with that. With I'm both sure you are. <laughs> I, I'm going into detail more for your listeners. Than You're me. very good. <laughs> You're very good. Thank you. Um, but yeah, Canvas doesn't do everything. So there are these kind of third-party tools, if you will. It's like, oh, you want to be able to do this? We can plug this into Canvas. And it's kind of meant to work that way, where a bunch of different tools can be plugged into it, and then it can do more things. Um, the thing about that is it becomes this kind of, electronic tool salad of these different vendors, each of which has its own privacy policy, security means uh, its own, what kind of information is it getting from our students and, and so forth. And so we are very careful about what tools we will allow to be plugged into our platform. And my one of my jobs is I, I developed and I evaluate these tools for privacy and security concerns. I, it's a very strenuous, long process. Um, and I wanted to make sure that the time from a request to fulfillment was reduced because it was going way too long. Uh, and so, you know, the, this is something I kind of wanted to mention because earlier you talked about one of the processes from Process Palooza saving $8 million. And I think that's that's super cool. I don't want, but I also want to say uh, a process, a lean process doesn't have to be a gigantic project that saves $8 million. That's right. So uh, the best way I see it is the team members, not leadership, but the team members say, why is this taking so long? Or one person complains, why is this happening? And then are free to make the complaint. They have a safe space to make the complaint. And then if there's a group, I mean, best case scenario, this is what I like about the Costco scenario, is they have a 
Costco has a team dedicated to Lean Six Sigma stuff where they kind of go through various team member complaints and say, hmm, maybe this is something we can focus on. I would love to see that. Um, but anyway, the they do we need this thing that's annoying our team members? Where is that happening? And maybe we're wasting time here, or maybe we're doing this twice. Rework, you know, we're starting start to get some of the jargon there. But um, those little improvements, that's what I like about Lean Six Sigma rather than, uh, you know, how can we save the, what's this $45 million project? And I, I do think there's a little disconnect there amongst um, some of the understanding of our staff mm -hmm. of what Lean Six Sigma is supposed to be, which, you know, if we're doing it at in a perfect world, every day would be something, mm -hmm. you know, a little like, oh, like, why is this that? Let's not absolutely yeah. yes. always looking at what we're doing. Yeah. Incremental improvements, not mm -hmm. just massive project based improvement, but just mindset improvement, right? Every day you think differently and you're doing something. It could be a little tiny thing that really sometimes can have a, a small impact or a huge impact, but it all matters. And I think that's an important message. Yeah, I would love, I mean, I, I would love to see that happen. I think uh, we're on a a journey of embedding the mindset in a massive department and a massive organization, which in and of itself is a crazy large project and mm -hmm. something that's mm -hmm. a little quixotic, if you will. So I think uh, that's seeing that happen as we go on is pretty exciting to me. One thing you mentioned before in Process Palooza about using Demaic for those real world problems that I would like to see is the C in Demaic control. I would like to see that happen with the Process Palooza um, problems, right? Mm -hmm. Because I haven't been able to know how is the hospital doing with the solution we gave them? Yeah, um, good, could good, we look at good that point. Yeah. Maybe we need um, to do like a section of updates on process Palooza competitions. Like, mm -hmm. and you know, I think if if it it's a failure, it didn't stick. I think that's also a learning, right? Not just sharing the positive, super super successful ones, but you know, the the ones that maybe struggled or that are struggling. I think can help too. You can learn more from those. <laughs> Absolutely, um, that's a phenomenal idea, and it also keeps kind of the. Um, process alive, like you're saying, Miguel, like this doesn't end with, whoa, $8 million idea. This is like, yeah, and then what? Um, and how did you hold on to that, that you did? And I just want to say um, one thing about kind of your role and just being that bridge between you guys and faculty. And then I, I know you know this, but, you know, departments are tribes, Right. And we are we're tribal. We have our own languages. We have our own acronyms. Like you you mentioned a couple of times the jargon, like, oh, I'm using jargon, whatever. And I know you're conscious of that because you've been tasked with communication. So you got to figure out, like, what do they know? What how do they speak about this? Like, but that's kind of our job is to, you know, build those bridges by figuring out, like, how can I talk to you about this in a way that like and even if you say faculty are a tribe, well, then in between, you know, amongst themselves, they would break themselves down into different tribes. So it's a really constant kind of educational and um, I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's a constant bridging, I feel like. It's, it's, it's never one and done. So you're in a cool position though. Mm -hmm. 
I love my position. I do. <laughs> yeah, we're, I think we're out of time already. Darn it. I'm out of coffee over here. And <laughs> I had so much fun talking to you. And now we're out of time. Is there anything else you want to share with our audience about UCSD, process improvement, process Palooza, you? <laughs> I do want to, I'll, I'll just put the message out there. It's not just improvement, it's continuous. So that's that's mm -hmm. why I bring up the cult. Keep it, you know, keep looking at what's going on and it's more exciting if you don't get too complacent. And it's kind of fun to look at what we're doing and what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, highlighting the right and fixing the wrong uh, or fixing some of the waste is is great. I think that's that's a lot of fun. My birthday is March 31st, which is just a couple of days after Process Palooza. So uh -huh. if you haven't registered anybody listening to this, I like chocolate cake. Um, <laughs> I will see you there. We'll see you and your cake and process Palooza, Miguel. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Well, thanks it was, for joining us, Miguel. It was a pleasure having you at the cafe. Yeah. It, it was a pleasure for me, too. I can't believe it went so fast. Shocking. I know. Boom. Yeah. Done. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll see you again. I hope so. Anytime. Reach Take out. Take care. You're in luck. We had to delay our February webinar. So you've got the option of registering for two webinars in March. Be sure to register for both of our March 16th webinar featuring Kim Crowder, who is Lean Six Sigma trained and an expert in diversity, equity, and inclusion. She's got a recipe for integrating DEI and LSS. That's diversity, equity, and inclusion and Lean Six Sigma. Sounds like an awesome recipe. So you don't want to miss that one. And then Hugh Alley, the author of Becoming the Supervisor, is joining us on March 30th for Salsa and Standard Work. Recipes for success when it comes to standard work. And we're going to have some fun in this kitchen while he teaches us about a vital instrument within continuous improvement. The links are on our website. And boy, it's all about recipes for success in March, right? Right on. Yeah. We've been so psyched to have your company. We are now in what we call the Ides of Farch. That's the middle of the long stretch that is February and March. Of course, we're happy to have you any time of year. Now, I wonder if East Coasters feel the Ides of Farch more than San Diegans, because it's all the same for us. You know what I mean? Oh, what don't do rub it in, Tracy. Do not rub this in. Of course, it is gray and terrible on Cape Cod, Massachusetts right now. So, yes, we are we are we are feeling the pain. So that okay, means well, I'm looking forward to the company of the cafe. That's right. And I'm going to give you a sunny hug from San Diego. Join us next month and every month for your joy of lean caffeine. Thanks for joining. Mm -hmm.